Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Kelly Santer along with Will the Thrill, Tony, and Michael Mergens on this Wednesday as we begin that downhill slide toward the weekend. Head basketball coach Jay Ladner will be joining us here momentarily after his team's win last night over William Carey. 81-67 to was the final score. And all of you who are worried about the Eagles' ability to shoot the ball, all of you just breathe now, okay? Everybody. Yeah, take a breath. Because <laughs> uh, they did quite well last night, but we'll hear from the main man himself here in just a moment. Our first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, cooked here and loved everywhere. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, ready to take care of your holiday festivities, whether it's uh, smoking your turkey or hams for Thanksgiving or getting the, the main meal ready so that you can just, just enjoy relatives, well, as much as you can enjoy relatives yes <laughs> dickie's barbecue pit glad to be with us and us with them here on the eagle hour jay ladner joins us now men's basketball coach at southern miss and jay before we get going we, we want to surprise you a little bit because here in the studio anybody that knows jay ladner and we've known each other a long long time knows that jay is a big fan of live music and one of the, the hot local bands around Hattiesburg is called 80 Radio, who you have heard yes. several times. <laughs> yes. Well, it just so happens that our own producer engineer, Michael Mergens, is the guitarist for 80 Radio. Oh, man. <laughs> my, my, I've, gained, I've gained newfound respect for Mike. That's right there. <laughs> Thank I you love much. it. Good, Mike. Y'all, y'all keep playing. I, I, I'm waiting on your next show. Awesome. Well, we look forward to, to seeing out there. Actually, New Year's Eve, yeah. right? Yeah, New Year's Eve at sidelines. Okay. So there That's you go. Sidelines. Yes. We, we got to, Mike, we, we got to get y'all to Brewskis and some of these other places as well, although I love sidelines. Yes, we, we definitely do. Just got to get the people requesting us enough, and that All right. actually well, happens. I, so. I happen, happen to know Brian McClellan real well, and uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what, what little bit of influence I may have. I'm going to try. There may be a little. We don't know. But thank you very much. I don't know. It. But it, 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 listen, y'all would be y'all are great. Y'all keep up. Y'all keep up the great work. I didn't know that, Mike. Didn't know that's what you did on the on, on the side here. I thought y'all were just always out touring. Hey, actually, th- yeah, this is my side job. That's the that's the full time. <laughs> I do wish. You, do you guys mind if we talk some basketball? No, no. I am from Illinois, so I can I talk thought, that too. I thought this was the '80s segment. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jay, anybody that was worried about you, about your team being able to shoot the ball tay hardy feeling very comfortable in that in on the two the two guard even though right. you didn't mention that he struggled a little bit in the exhibition game against delta state but you, you guys shot the lights out uh, last night against william carey um some new personnel but some other guys that we're familiar with man anybody that's worried about your team's ability to be able to shoot the ball that i think last night answered many questions well, I hope so. Of course, you know, so many people, uh, Kelly, I, I don't know if we need to educate folks a little bit more or, or whatever, but, uh, you know, of course, Delta State, you know, we, we don't necessarily, we did not shoot it well. I, I actually went home 
we have a miscon. There's a misconception in basketball, but and it works both ways. That if you shoot the basketball well, well you must have played well. You know, and even kids think you know their whole value to a team, and this goes in, down into the bitty leagues. It, and, and of course, that's why you have parents up in the stands yelling, "Shoot it!" every time the kid gets it. You know, and, right. which is really not the right advice to give a child. But anyway. Uh, and it's going against what needs to be done out there on the floor. But I, that's a whole that's that's about a week's worth of segments right there. If we needed to get into that, but uh, you know, th- so there's a misconception that if you shoot the basketball well, well, we must have played really well, or if you didn't shoot it well, we didn't play well. Well, of course, I, after the Delta State game, we did not shoot the ball well against Delta State. And I'll be honest with you, I went home that evening with the same feeling. I said, "My gosh, we 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 can't shoot the ball. Didn't shoot it well." Well, I, when I, of course, got here very early at crack of dawn the next morning to watch the film and came away with a whole different attitude. We actually played played really well, played hard, uh, limited them. They, they shot, held them to about 35% shooting, rebounded the ball well, dominated, took 19 more shots than they did, just really dominated the game and all in the phases. Of course, you got to give Delta State credit, their, their style of play. And, right. Princeton offensive system had a lot to do with it. They played very well. They're very well coached. But came away going, you know, and we took good shots. I said, you know, I see us make those shots every day. So there's a misconception, uh, right and wrong, that if you shoot it, you play well. If you don't shoot it well, you must not have played well. And there's so many other phases to the game. Well, anyway, so, of course, then I start hearing, you know, we we don't shoot the ball very well. And Tay Hardy was 0 for 6. And this is against Delta State in the exhibition. Tay Hardy was 0 for 6. Jaron Pierre was 3 of 10. And Waylon Napper was 0 for 4. That was our starting 1, 2, and 3 for that particular game. So 3 out of 20 from our starting perimeter, and which is not good. And uh, But but knowing that the, all those guys are good shooters, well, of course, they were able to bounce back last night uh, more so when it counts. Waylon got hurt early in the game. and because we were fortunate where the score had gotten, we were able to hold him out the rest of the way for precautionary measures. But Tay was 10 of 16, and Jerron was 6 out of 12. So 16 for 28 from those two. So I was real proud to see those guys bounce back last night and have a, have a great uh, great night. But overall, we shot the ball very well. Heck, the first half, you shot 60%. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> we we were fortunate. A lot of those were threes too. Uh, in in the first half, uh, we were seven of fifteen for the three. Uh, effective field goal percentage when you factor in that extra point was almost seventy percent. Uh, if you if if you in fact uh, factored effective field goal percentage in, so we shot it really well and it was able to it was able to build a big lead. I wasn't necessarily happy. Typical of any team, build a big fast lead early, and I thought we. We we kind of got away from uh, some 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 detail items as the game went on, and of course we talked about that this morning about the ability to uh, uh, have a killer instinct, so to speak. Of course we love William Carey, but they're trying to beat us, and we're trying to beat them. Of course, great respect for Coach Knight, one of the best to ever do it. But you know we're we, we're trying to also get better as the season gets on, and I I, did, I wasn't credit. Uh, carry, but of course wasn't as pleased the way we played the second half. But shot it really well, really for the entire game, though. Hey, coach Will Tony here. Uh, how important do you feel like games against opponents like William Carey are over the course of the season? I know you see a lot of well, different talent levels. Yeah, well, now of course you know William Carey. Uh, let's keep in mind, Carey. There's there's also a misconception that needs to be cleared up. There's they have some Division One players on their team. Maxwell Correct. Starwood, 
who I thought we did a really good job on last night, actually was one of the top players out of Louisiana when he came out, and he actually played, uh, signed with Texas State, uh, transferred when I was coaching at Southeastern Louisiana. He played for us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NAI rules are a little bit different. Max probably he probably playing six or this may be a sixth or seventh year of playing. Um, uh, but but those are some the, the Martin kid. Yeah, they had a kid had thirty points last night and played incredibly. Whereas Arcaeus may uh, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his first name, but Zarkeus Martin, he did a great job for them last night. And uh, so they've got some Division One players, and they're, of course, always one of the top teams nationally in, uh, in the NAIA. And, of course, we started something a little new last night. Kelly, I don't know if y'all knew about this, Will. Uh, they started uh, uh, courtesy of Mayor Toby Barker, which I love. That They're going to begin an annual game called the Mayor's Cup game. And, um, in fact, they gave away the, tr- the first trophy of that series last night. And uh, so we have a unique situation with two great universities here in Hattiesburg and, uh, uh, that we're able to play each other. But uh, to mention, I thought it was important for us. Last year, we didn't have the – due to COVID, we didn't have any opportunity to play exhibitions, scrimmages, uh, uh, most of our, our preseason was wiped out, and we went with nine first-year Division One guys. We started playing, and and uh, we just never it, 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 we never were able. I, I thought we improved and got better, of course, as the season went on. But we weren't able to get our confidence. We got we got we got knocked down pretty good early, and and, and it was just a struggle fighting our way back up to. Uh, to sea to level, I guess, at that point ever since. But I, w- I was proud. I, I, we need we need every game that we can get to get us ready for league play. And that's what the non-conference schedule is designed for, is to get you ready to play in your conference schedule. And, of course, the conference schedule to get you uh, in a position to compete for the conference championship when it comes tournament time and get to the NCAA tournament, which is our ultimate goal. So last night game, last night's game, the exhibition game, of course, we had a scrimmage versus southeastern Louisiana uh, a, a couple weeks back. All those are very critical to us as we've got some new faces to integrate with some some really good returning players. Now you've got the Cajuns uh, coming. Not not a whole lot of time to get ready for Louisa wow. and Lafayette. But before we go to commercial break, Jay, and I just want to, to kind of ask the question now. You know, of course, Southern Miss fans have the answers to everything. Just ask them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? But when you talk to people at, at tailgating, as I did last Saturday, you know, they're always asking about basketball, and they say, well, you know, this is this is Ladner's third year. We better start seeing some improvement. You know, I'm going, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, But nobody, I can say, that nobody is more acutely aware of that than, than Jay Ladner, and it's something that he embraces. And we're going to let Jay Ladner talk specifically about that. Still to come, later on in the program, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. What is going on with the New Orleans Saints? Beating teams they're not supposed to beat, losing teams they're not supposed to lose to. And then in the last segment, attendance figures for college football this year, particularly Conference USA. Where does Southern Miss fit in? You might be surprised. Lots more Eagle Hour ahead. Southern Miss to the top. Campus Bookmark sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. They've got sizes that even fit me. So if you're a guy that that is comfortable in having several X's behind that, uh, or no, no, the L. It's 
Is it XXXXLXLL? No, it's... It's multiple X's. It's multiple X's. Okay, yeah, yeah. So if you're one of those guys like me, yeah, we've got everybody confused now. If you're a big guy and sometimes get upset that they don't have your sizes at these different stores, Campus Bookmart has it. It doesn't matter what kind of swag you want, Southern Miss-wise. With Christmas coming up, now is the place to get uh, whatever type of shirts or sweatshirts. They've got the hoodies in now as we get into cooler temperatures, and they've got all the different colors, the grays, the golds, the blacks, the, all the different colors in there. Campusbookmart.net, open 24 hours a day on the web. Continuing our discussion now with head basketball coach Jay Ladner. Jay, going into the commercial break, you know, that, that was the big talk, the football game last night. Well, Ladner's third year, we better, we better start seeing some results. And I said, yeah, and, and what if we don't? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? But really, nobody is more acutely aware of that. And, and frankly, you embrace that. Absolutely. I, uh, Kelly, there, there's, if there's anyone more appreciative and grateful and invested uh, in, in this job and uh, in, in their, in maybe their job, I, I, and I, it doesn't matter to me who it is. This, this, this is my program, and I say that not because I'm the head coach, but this is the program that I was blessed and honored to play in, and it just it means a lot to me. It's funny that you're bringing that up because we we actually were talking about that this morning in our before we began our film session uh, just before practice, and about about it, it, we talked to our players about it. If this is just a stopover to you, but are you really invested? And are you? Do you? We talked about a spree de corps to bar the Marine Corps. I think today's the Marine Corps birthday. We barred there talking about a spree de corps and a pride and what it meant to play here and and what it meant to Coach Spoon and I. And that this isn't just some stopover. You know, this isn't just some some deal where hey, I'm I'm here a year or two. We don't want those guys in our program, including, of course, I I, I need to that I, I have to be the model for that I, this is this is not just something it bothers me to lose a game period not not as part but but all by the same token there's a process there's a process that has to be followed if you want to take take go 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 shortcuts i mean there are ways to take shortcuts we're not going to do that and and i work for two people i work for dr dr bennett and i work for jeremy mcclain and they have been incredibly clear about the expectations of their program they want our players to be uh, great diplomats uh, of the uh, of our of our program they, they want they want students that are invested in the student athlete process not just the athlete we've provided that our, our uh, we have 100 percent graduation rate our, our thank goodness lord something could happen today our players uh, have been great citizens and diplomats of the university they carry themselves the right way we've got high character kids now we've got good players and 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 so, our job, my job, is to. I, and, and people have asked me, and I kind of put it in the same context. Well, coach, how do you feel about going to the Sun Belt? Well, I'll say the same thing to people that hey, we've got to show some progress in our third year. Nobody's putting. Uh, uh, there's no more pressure, and anybody wants to win any worse than myself and our staff and our players. And you- and, 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 and and I'm excited about that. And as far as the Sun Belt, I don't. Whatever Jeremy McLean and Dr. Bennett, if they says we're supposed to line with, they, they've got us in the SEC or the ACC or the Big Ten or the Pac-12. It doesn't matter. Our job in whatever league we're in is to compete for championships. So I hope that resonates. I'm excited. I'm proud of where the progress that we've made. Um, never, never one time will ever say anything about where it was. It would be, but 
it, it is what it is. And and so we we finally gotten I think the, the the right amount of the right guys in there on the right in the on the bus so to speak. And I'm excited about where we're headed. Well, I really am. Well, so, if the ACC ever do, gets their programs up to the point where they can hang with us, then, then <laughs> that's right. We, we would welcome them. It. Yeah, that, we, and that you know, and Kelly, that attitude that you just said right there that that's the southern miss attitude and you know they came out with the bumper stickers and slogan during coach bowers time here anybody anywhere in time that's truly who we are we we don't we're we're, we're always out resourced and i i hope the people that are complaining have season tickets uh, if, if as long as they could they want to complain and they can come to the to re, if they're buying tickets come to regrant they can stand by the tunnel and yell at me all game long just come just yeah. come, you know, come. And uh, but but I, I'll I'll tell you this, I have overwhelmingly felt felt great support. Oh yeah, uh, our our numbers, our season ticket numbers are the highest they have been in recent history. According as of yesterday, according to Brendan Jones, our ticket manager, our our hardwood club memberships are probably as high as they've ever been since Coach Turk was here. Um, so all, a lot of people are, are are supporting us, and I understand. There, you, do, you don't have to tell me, hey, this is our third year. We need to show some progress. I'm telling myself that. I'm telling our staff yeah, but, that. I'm, that but, you, know, but you know how it understand. is. You know how it is, too, though, Coach. I mean, it's it's always the negative Nellies, and those are the people that probably aren't buying season tickets and aren't well, going to. You know you know how shame, that goes. Shame, shame on them. Like I said, come come to the game and yell at me personally if you want to. I'll, I'll be right there with you if you want to meet with me anytime. And I say that in a fun way. Anytime, but, hey, anywhere. Come, come, <laughs> that's right. Anybody, anytime, anytime. <laughs> anywhere you know but come support it go 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 support the football team and you know uh, support support the basketball team are you a southern miss supporter or are you only a, a fair weather southern miss but you know supporter you just all right when when we win it's not that's not the way things work sometimes you know and um yeah, and you- I, i'm i i haven't felt i'll be honest with you i'm of course i've been in this business kelly a long time and that that kind of stuff that uh, that doesn't do any anything else other than motivates me even more if that can even be possible and so, you, you talked I, about making the transition to the Sun Belt. you've got the cajuns uh who are in the Sun Belt yep. right now you're also playing south al a little bit later yep. on uh, this season and, and louisiana monroe yeah so you're gonna you're gonna yep. get a sample of uh, of Sun Belt uh, basketball as it were but let's take them one game at a time proverbially uh, you got the the cajuns what do we know got them uh, tomorrow night no, Friday well, night. Friday night. Up, uh, up Friday night, yeah. seven o'clock. Right. And just before, of course, we finished practice. Uh, uh, of course, did already started doing. We did some review last night of last night's game, correcting uh, uh, mistakes, and of course, began preparing for Louisiana Monroe. You mentioned earlier in the show uh, uh, a very quick turnaround, but uh, you know this is this is the team that's picked to win it. Uh, they've got they've got some. Uh, incredible transfers in there. Uh, a young man from that was the, from Arizona. That's there was the six man player of the year. The six, uh, yeah, the six man player of the year in in the Pac-12 last year. Um, so I mean, they're big. They look the part. And and I've actually had people also tell me, oh man, well we're basketball's a step down in the Sun Belt. No, it's not. Conference USA men's basketball, in my opinion, is undersold and undermarketed. It it was a lot better than our league ever ever gave us our own credit for, and, now, and it it was undermarketed. It's really good, and Sun Belt men's basketball is really really good. Now I, and, I am uh, I am shocked, Coach Ladner, that you would say anything in Conference USA is undermarketed. 
<laughs> I know you're being sarcastic. Yes. Uh, but, but, uh, it, yeah. You know, we had a great product or have a great product in Conference USA for the moment in men's basketball, and it's proven by by the success of our, our teams in the NCAA tournament. Of course, right. North Texas beat Purdue, uh, played well in the second round. Uh, Louisiana Tech gets all the way to the Final Four in the NIT and, and really should have had one or two other teams make the tournament. But, uh, you know, we, we lacked some things. And, again, that's not my – my, my my job or job description, but but I will say that, and and I just after going through conference USA and competing at conference USA, it's it's really really good with some great programs and great coaches, but it's too bad that many many people don't know that. No, and and, uh, and we've in basketball aside, we have talked about that on this show that the that conference USA would not have nearly gone belly up. If there was better marketing and better leadership at the top, that is my opinion. That is not Jay Ladner's opinion. That is my opinion. So I want to be I want to be clear uh, on that. But, Jay, your program is not getting any love from the media. And again, this is good bulletin board material. Will, Tony and I were talking about this before the show. Uh, They're not expecting much from your kids. Good. Uh, Yeah, I think we'll pick (laughs) 12. And uh, the only thing I could have hoped for if better would have been picked 14th. And uh, the, the the so I'm, that's fine with me. Our, our, we don't spend much time talking about that, other than uh, hey, a lot of people don't have much respect for you. But how do you get respect? You you don't get respect about whining and belly. Well, they're not giving us respect. You have to earn respect, and 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 that's what we're that's in the situation that we're in. And um, we've got a a, a long preseason, uh, tough tough preseason schedule. When I say preseason, non conference schedule. Um, but yeah, they, there's not a lot of respect for us, and uh, and based on the last two years in terms of win loss record, I can understand where they're coming from. That those preseason polls are generally based on last year's success, and uh, so so we're we're picked. Uh, I think we're picked above the two teams that that you know we had our most success against last year inside the league in Middle Tennessee and and Florida International, and uh, so of course they just it kind of went with the same. You know, uh, uh, pre- the, the preseason poll kind of mimicked the end of the year poll from last yeah. year, very similar. And uh, but anyway, that's okay. That's yeah. all right. Everybody's got their own opinion. Uh, the the poll that I'm most concerned about will be the one at the end of the season. And Coach Ladner and his Eagles will begin conference play for the record on December 30th. Before we actually turn the calendar, that of course would be one night before the New Year's Eve party at sidelines where. 8-0 radio <laughs> will yeah, be playing. It, it, Checks in the if mail. <laughs> you've never heard 8-0 radio, I, I pride myself on, on, on live music and cover bands. They're, they're of course, uh, one of the best we have in this area, but I think they do an incredible job and put on a great show. Coach Ladner, good to see you, and we will talk to you again soon. Good luck. Kelly, thank you all for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. All right, Coach Jay okay. Ladner of the men's basketball team, what's up with the New Orleans Saints? We'll talk to Patrick McGee next. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Kelly Sander, Will the Thrill, Tony, and producer-engineer Michael Mergens, who will be signing autographs on behalf of 8-0 Radio after, after the show today. Man, Michael, what an endorsement. That from, was. From Jay Ladner I'm himself. Very, very humbled by that. I appreciate it. And we didn't, and look, full disclosure, we didn't pay Jay Ladner to no, say No, and it. I just, I mentioned that he's been at a couple of our shows right. and one of the few that stayed the entire night. Yeah. So no, he, he was very appreciative then, but yeah, yeah he, that was... 
very, very humbling. Yeah, he he loves live, live music, especially yep. good, good live music. This segment brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. It's home of the 895 lunch. And you guys, it's been 895 for as long as I can remember it. And and they don't they don't get you then with the drink after oh, 895. No, that includes your drink. You know how you go to some of these places and it'll be eight bucks. You go, oh, great. Well, then the drink is six bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, with no refills yeah. or anything. Right. <laughs> but this. Uh, but no, eight ninety five. And tomorrow or Friday, of course, is Catfish Friday. Get you ready for the Louisiana uh, Lafayette game. Joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi hotline now is Patrick McGee from NOLA dot com. Patrick, what in the world with the Saints? They beat the teams they're not supposed to beat. They lose to the teams they're not supposed to lose to. What consistency thou art a virtue, but you certainly can't say the Saints have been very consistent. Yeah, and, and that lack of consistency really kind of comes back to to injuries. Uh, really across the board, they you know you look at most games they've had one or two key players out, and that's nothing unusual in the NFL. But the Saints have been hit especially hard now with Jameis Winston and in the receiving core problem. And I got Michael uh, Thomas back this season, and really the receiving. The receivers had a really, especially the first half, they were pretty bad. Um, and the receivers have been, uh, you know, adequate at times, I guess, but in general, just not very good. Uh, so it's really hard in the NFL to just kind of truck along with a bunch of, you know, maybe one guy, one or two guys that might be a number two on a good day and a bunch of number threes and fours. Uh, Kenny Stills, <laughs> uh, he dropped probably two or three passes that any other receiver would have caught, but of course he caught a couple of big passes late. So it's inconsistency there, and uh, it, it it really hurts the offense. Uh, they can play well in spurts, but just it's it's been hard for them to put together a full four quarters. Uh, Jameis did a good job of avoiding the big mistake, but occasionally coming up with a really big you know pass down the field. He's, he he kind of had that big arm, and Simeon doesn't have that arm strength. And uh, Taysom Hill, you know, is is not that great of a down the field threat himself throwing the ball. So. Uh, it's you know the, I think we're going to see a little transitional phase here for a couple of weeks where the Saints are kind of trying to uh, build something that works around either Simeon or Hill. Uh, they already know what kind of works as far as Taysom goes, but they're still trying to feel out you know Simeon, who I thought was fine on Sunday. He just didn't get a whole lot of help around him, especially receiver at tight end. Tight I, end was especially bad. I don't know what chapped fans for the Saints worse losing the game or losing the game. To Atlanta, you know? yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Here's the thing: we were talking about this Friday as we were going off the air. We're making our picks, and we unanimously unanimously picked the Saints. And then you made the comment: this would be the one for them to do it. <laughs> so they'll, yeah, this if they're going to lose, the, the, this yeah. will be the one that they. You know, I, sometimes I hate being right. Right, believe it or not. But but the receiving core you were talking about, uh, Patrick McGee, and they certainly wouldn't be so desperate as to try to solicit the services of Odell Beckham Jr. There are reports out there that, that he'd like to play for New Orleans. Any interest on the Saints' behalf? Yeah, I, I mean, if you see Jeff Duncan's reporting on that, I think there is some interest. I don't, you know. But, you know, when Sean Payton said there is no magical answer coming through the door, I think they're realistic that even if they did bring in Odell Beckham, <clears throat> he's, he's, he's not going to make that big a difference. One thing, he's got to learn the offense for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and then you hope he kind of catches on uh, heading into the postseason. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, the idea that Odell Beckham is going to be that much of a game changer is, is exaggerated, in my view, just because if all you got to look at his numbers, he's been pretty pedestrian and more of a distraction than anything in recent seasons. So 
Uh, I think that, you know, they want an Odell Beckham just because of the tough situation receiver and he can help, uh, but he's not really that big of a game changer. But the question is, do you want him in the locker room with all these distraction yeah. issues? That's the big thing. Yeah, yeah he's 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 got the ego, and, and he really doesn't have the production to back up the ego right now. All right, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com, N-O-L-A.com, keeping you uh, up to date on everything that is sports-wise in New Orleans. Pelican season is underway, and, and really, we use the Pelicans just because the season has started. But the Saints, the, f- the fan base in New Orleans has rapidly followed the Saints for years, and they're the oldest franchise there, so that obviously has something to do with it. But the Pelicans' lukewarm support, uh, the jazz hockey team that left from the East Coast Hockey League, it's probably been 20 years now or 15 years that they've been gone. Other, other sports franchises that come to New Orleans just don't seem to be welcomed with the open arms like the Saints are. What do you make of all that? Well, I mean, this is the, the second NBA franchise uh, that New Orleans has had. And, and I think really the Gulf South is big football territory. It's not great basketball territory. I mean, you have some good players that come out of uh, New Orleans, and I guess maybe you could say Mobile as well. Uh, but it's you know these are football towns. I mean, there's there's no no doubt about it. Um, it's 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 great for the Saints because they're so embedded in the community and, and there's just such a passionate following, and everybody just loves football to start with. Uh, but basketball, I mean, there's a lot of games. The team has – there was that little stretch where, you know, when they were the Hornets where they were pretty good with Chris Paul and Anthony Davis. Uh, but outside of that, it's been pretty mediocre at best, and this season are pretty darn bad. Uh, Brandon Ingram's out right now. Zion Williamson hadn't touched the court. Um, and he's, you know, he, as a young player, he's still got some a ways to go. Everybody's kind of talking about his conditioning. It's finally gotten to a point to where everybody – Really kind of pumped up for Zion, and now everybody's kind of realizing, or just, you know, <laughs> they've kind of come to the realization that he's got a ways to go as a professional and learning how to do every phase of the game and taking care of himself away from the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he's going to stay healthy, he's probably going to trim down, uh, obviously, from where he is now. Uh, but he's just got to get in better basketball shape. He looks like a, you know, a defensive end or a, <laughs> a huge defensive end, honestly. Uh, he, he could probably play defensive tackle, but. Uh, he, he's just got to get in basketball shape and, and get healthy in general. And I agree with you that the South, you know, in, in general is football territory, mm-hmm. but but it doesn't seem to translate where Tulane is involved. The, the Green Wave is the, the quote-unquote only school down there. And, of course, I, I get the LSU factor. I, I get all that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at – and we're actually going to deal with attendance – numbers in conference usa in our final segment today and southern miss fans who always make fun of southern miss crowds might be surprised as to where southern miss is in overall attendance but tulane on the other hand patrick is is near the bottom of the aac in football numbers in new orleans yeah yeah well i mean tulane's its own little animal to itself as a private school um the the idea that tulane really offers I mean, it, it, it doesn't offer a big chunk of the New Orleans market. It's a it's a corner of New Orleans that doesn't really represent New Orleans as a whole. And we've all seen what, uh, whether it's at Rice, private schools in large towns typically don't draw the numbers out that they should, just because there isn't as big a community buy-in at some you know public schools. In, uh, in in large cities too, the University of Houston, who's not been great in attendance this year, but usually you know 
there's a decent buy-in in that community for the University of Houston, while that's never happened in a place like Rice. So Tulane's kind of in the same position where LSU kind of dominates everything. And really, if you're in New Orleans, you realize it's, it's not just LSU. It's just such a huge cross-section of the South. It's here. There's a bunch of Alabama fans, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, and you come across a lot of people from Texas who live here. So it's 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 kind of Tulane is kind of a victim of a, a community that really has such a wide array of uh, allegiances, and Tulane is just one one little piece of the puzzle. Now, with Patrick McGee still working out of his home, uh, we got to have gotten to know Blue the Wonder Dog in the past couple of months, who normally will will bark up and put his two cents worth in on the conversation. Uh, freshly back from the groomer. And looking probably better than he ever has, Patrick. Is it true that Blue may be getting his own social media account as this wave of uh, popularity for Blue now has come forth? Yeah, I, I think it's probably at that point. I kind of tried to push that away. I didn't want to be one of those crazy dog dads or dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, I, I've got to answer the demand that's out there. That's right. And I guess I guess I, I got to find some way to get these photos of Blue out. And uh, he he's a pretty dog, and, uh, and so he I, knows I it. He's worthy of his own Instagram. Yeah, and he knows it. He Give knows the it. people what they want. <laughs> but oh it, yeah, he's reminded constantly. Everybody just comes across him on the street, on, like well, on the arts front. Yeah. On the mm-hmm. arts front, Patrick, it does appear that New Orleans is quote unquote getting back to normal. The Sanger putting out emails about upcoming concerts. I know Johnny Mathis is coming to town right after the first of the year, and and Hamilton is touring, and you know bringing some of the Broadway shows back into town. So. Where where would you put New Orleans's uh, post COVID recovery on a on a one to ten scale? Are they getting there? Well, I, I, Ida came along and offered a little bit of a setback as well. Right. So I, I think, but what, what what I've seen the last two or three weekends, or the number of tourists coming in, or is gradually increasing. Good. So you see things kind of entering a sense of normalcy in COVID. I think I saw the mayor tweet out this: there hasn't been a COVID death in new orleans in in like 18 days well uh, I, well i know so, a lot of people died last sunday in the dome hoping the saints would pull that one out <laughs> I guess. so i mean the, the city itself it, it's had a little bit stricter covid uh, uh protocols and stuff but i think it's actually worked All i right. mean I, I think we've seen things improve here and people are kind of uh, starting to show up patrick mcgee from nola.com as always we appreciate your input talk to you soon all right thanks guys Where does Southern Miss fit in in attendance in Conference USA? We'll break down the numbers, and the numbers don't lie. That's next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Tomorrow on the program, the Ock Nest Monster. You remember him? Oh, yeah. Ryan Ock, the outstanding left-handed baseball pitcher with Southern Miss. We'll also be talking with the voice of the UT San Antonio Roadrunners as the Eagles head there this weekend to play Conference USA football. This segment brought to you by our friends at DBAT and D1 Training, getting your youngster or yourself ready for the uh, upcoming season. You know, we always talk about the kids playing baseball and softball, but there's some some of us older guys that really can't give it up still think they can play softball. My problem was I slid into second base one time a few years ago, and I, I haven't been the same since. <laughs> I think if I slid into second base now, it would cause a 6.2 on the Richter scale. 
<laughs> even in Mississippi. But nonetheless, a beautiful, clean, large indoor facility, and they can uh, tailor make those pitching machines to pitch the baseball or softball exactly the way you want it. D1 and DBAT training facilities. You know, there's been a running joke, Will and Michael, for years about how fickle the Southern Miss fan base is, and, and Jay Ladner talked about how you know, that some fans, and not just Southern Miss fans, but a lot of fans, you know, are fair weather over the years. Mm-hmm. CBS Sports reported this morning that for seven out of the last eight years now, there's a growing trend downwards in overall attendance of college football games this year. So they crunched the numbers and looked at five-year attendance averages mm-hmm. for all Division One schools in the country. And for as, as much as people make about the small crowds at Southern Miss – and especially since the team hasn't been especially good well, let, the last three years. Let me say this. I, I grew up a Southern Miss fan. My dad worked at the university. We had tickets. We sat on the Upper East Side, uh, first row and section in. Best tickets in the, in the world. You can see everything. There's only twice that I can remember seeing the stadium actually sold out. One was Jackson State. The other was Texas A&M when they came in years and years ago. So the numbers really don't lie. They don't fill the stadium, although they should. But I think these numbers are going to surprise you a little bit. Yes, the, the team that has the least average attendance happens to be in one of the biggest cities. Yeah. Charlotte. Charlotte's overall, overall attendance. Now, this is attendance. Mm-hmm. Now, not, supposedly not season tickets. All They're just butts in the seats, supposedly. Average 12,948. Over five years. Over five years, on the average. UAB, located in Birmingham, obviously, another big city, mm-hmm. second to least, with crowds of only 15,078. Then comes FIU, mm-hmm. all right, down there on the coast of Florida, 15,203. Then Middle Tennessee, no surprise there. Western Kentucky, then Florida Atlantic, Texas El Paso, Again, we're working from the smallest point. crowds to largest crowds. So UTEP right in the middle there at 19,401. In the limited time we have left, the top three in attendance in Conference USA, third, Louisiana, or check that, Texas San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Texas San Antonio sitting in third with an average crowd of 22,696. Mm-hmm. Of course, big city. San Antonio, and a really good team this year. That number has skewed up because of this season. Right. Marshall, second in attendance, Mm 23,997. For people who have argued that Southern Miss crowds don't show up, are not passionate about this team, the number one team in attendance in Conference Conference USA USA over the past five years is Southern Miss. Southern Miss, and as we were as we we're doing pre-show, I I just randomly guessed it, and I was off by two. Two, I, I said it's going to be twenty five thousand. No, twenty five thousand and two on average over the last five years. So Southern Miss, yeah, you want to make fun of the crowds? Southern Miss, the most attended football games of any of the teams in Conference USA. Now, let's so comp- a thirty six thousand seat stadium, you average in twenty five thousand. Okay. Right. And bad. obviously there's empty seats there, but let's compare it to the Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina has the least mm-hmm. in average attendance at 11,005, going all the way up to Appalachian State, which will be known as Crap State when we join 
the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Kelly has coined it. He's yeah. applied for the trademark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're coming. going to come up with all these names of these new schools yeah. we hate. All right. But Crap State then comes in with 23,837. So overall, in the Sun Belt, on a low end, 11,000. High end, 23,000. Yeah. Conference USA, a low number of 12,000. High number of 25. But it should be noted that the Conference USA numbers... Have are trending down. Right. They, they are trending downwards, and the Sunbelt numbers, are conversely, out. are trending upwards. Okay? But to put into perspective where Southern Miss stands in attendance-wise, their numbers are comparable mm-hmm. to Colorado State, mm-hmm. the Rams, Fresno State, that's the only, way, only time we ever want to be compared to anything in California, but Fresno State. Thank you. Nationally ranked. Right. And from the mighty SEC, Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Draws about as many. Now, what are the top 10 in attendance in the country? Number 10 is Nebraska. Number 9, Georgia. 8, Texas. 7, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. 6, Texas A&M. 5, LSU. Mm -hmm. 4, Alabama. Number 3, Penn State. And the top 2 in attendance, from both from the Big Ten, Ohio State, number 2, and Michigan, of course. Number one. Michigan, no surprise. Ohio State, no surprise. I'm a little bit surprised at Tennessee as far as the numbers. But but, but good news about Southern Miss's numbers. For producer-engineer Michael Mergens and Will the Thrill Tony, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 1 o'clock for another Eagle Hour. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.